It's time to grab the bull by the horn. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Thursday. Not sure of the date, but these things air on a Thursday. Chris, how are you? I'm doing doing great. And good night. <laughs> good night. Is it night for you? You say what good is... morning and good afternoon and oh, ha- I missed happy lunch and uh, whatnot. I don't know if people wait till the night. Do you listen to podcasts at night? I feel like it's not a prime time for, uh, who knows? People work night shifts. We don't know. Just driving for me. That's why it takes me sometimes like all week just to get through one podcast. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I noticed you have a beer there before we get into things. Oh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I don't know how that would be possible if you've, you've stumbled on us on Apple Podcasts. This is the Beer and Bullshit Podcast. My name is Ben Johnson. I'm your host. My co-host is with me almost all the time, Chris Pellerin. Hi, Chris. Now you can tell us what you're drinking. Oh, hey, Ben. Um, I like the way you said it would be almost impossible for you to be listening to the show for the very first time. I like that. No confidence in new listeners. Um, <laughs> I am drinking in a shocking twist, a Great Lakes brewery. I'm pretty sure you are 100% Great Lakes on this season so far. Well, I was just there, and so I have lots of Great Lakes around. And, you know, I've, I've had other beers before that uh, that I was, uh, you know, beer snobbed and shamed for. So I better bring it with something something at least good. I am drinking it out of a Bellwoods glass. I hope I did notice that. You got a Jelly King glass. And the reason, of course, is because we are interviewing a Carmen... Oh my gosh, I'm not sure how to say her last name. Maybe Vicente. <laughs> okay, you're gonna go hardcore Italian. I'm gonna say Vincent or Vincente. Vincente. I should have. I should ask her. Anyway, Carmen, uh, the head of marketing for Bellwoods Brewery, uh, arguably one of the best, I would say, brand and marketing breweries in Ontario. A uniquely distinct brand, uniquely distinct voice in terms of their social media presence and their newsletter. So we don't. We've never had a marketing person on before. We probably won't again, but uh, I know Carmen and I've known her for a long time. And I think that what the work she's done at Bell was is outstanding. So I'm excited to talk to her tonight. Yeah, me as well. As you said, it's a little different for us, a different angle. It's it's more all about the beer usually. And uh, um, this is sort of adjacent to that and, and just cool to get a different perspective here. So I'm, I'm, really interested to hear what she has to say what else before we get into it how are you how's your week it's been a week i don't think we well we did see each other we went out for my birthday uh, you turned I, 42 i think I turned 42 i think i might mention that a couple more times tonight just for the <laughs> listeners uh i've totally pulled an irish exit from your house after we went out for dinner i was just uh done i don't know if anyone even noticed but i kind of ghosted Yes and no. We thought it was uh, rather inconspicuous, inconspicuous uh, departure for the, the guest of honor. Like I think I might get going in a minute. Door closed. I'm like, huh, that was quick. Yeah, I was. And uh, Leon and Goose were also quick. I uh, figured they'd be close behind me. I had had a bourbon and I was working on a beer, and then weed starting to rolled up, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna sneak up. Can I say that? You're okay with it. It's legal. I didn't say anything I shouldn't say, right? Marijuana? <laughs> Marijuana? Anyway, it was a lovely dinner. Um, thank you. That was uh, Thanks for taking part in that. I'm just, I'm just hopeful that nobody 
there at the restaurant heard what we were talking about. Wait, I would be did... mortified. Are you for real? Or do you know that my wife has been saying that to me? Well, no, she was saying it there, as was my wife eventually, when it, uh, just to, to, to support your wife on our disgusting topics of conversation. Okay, because I've heard that since. I think we were clearly making awful, stupid jokes, but like, well, that's our right. I don't think we, anyway, anyway. That's our right as 42 year olds now. No, now we're coming off totally wrong on this. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. Once you get older, you just get away with stuff. I got a podcast, motherfucker. I can say what I want. Anyway, we got a little bit sloppy at the end of the night. But anyway, it's that's what you do. That's what you do when you go out for dinner. Um, I went out for dinner tonight, too. I'm on a roll. I went to the Mule in person for some tacos. And then I, uh, the Mule is a lovely spot, which apparently I think started in Hamilton. Maybe you know better than me, having lived in Hamilton for a while. Um, but there is a lovely uh, tequila list and bourbon list. And they, I indulge in that tequila flight which is interesting it's basically just a shot of uh, multiple shots of tequila but we called it a flight because that's fancier i in a fun coincidence had lunch there today uh, really <laughs> but i did not i did not drink any alcohol shouts to my boss if he's listening yeah um he's lying listener didn't you just put a meme out making fun of people that order flights of beer i did indeed i think flights of beer are bullshit i think you don't truly appreciate a beer unless you have a full pint. And I also think it's a huge pain in the ass for servers and bartenders. However, if you're selling a tequila flight, it's literally just pouring three shots of tequila. So I stand by the meme and I stand by my decision to have three shots of Patron in a fancy serving tray. I love this misplaced confidence. It's not misplaced. I can say whatever I want. I'm 42. And I got a podcast, motherfucker. Did you miss that part? Hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> you ain't no hypocrite. You just want to sound like one. That's the worst accent I've ever done for wider. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Or should we get to the important part of the show where we talk to people that have shit to say? I think we're probably good. We just did our own little soundboard thing there for a second. So uh, we can probably just kick right into this. So, Carmen, what I, I don't even actually know your title. Mm. and role at Bellwoods these days it's changed a lot over the years has it yeah so now I'm called head of marketing that sounds fancy it does it sounds official <laughs> what, yeah. did, what was it when you started brewer I guess you started as a brewer yeah yeah oh I kind of like forgot that yeah I brewed for like about two years okay um I mean, I, I don't know if actually that was my title to start with because we didn't, like, I remember not knowing what a tri-clamp was. So I don't think I was a, like a, an I think that's the first brewer. lesson as a brewer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but we, we started helping Luke um, like shortly after Bellwoods opened. And then I think like my first sort of, office role even before there was an office like I joke that I would just sit on like a keg turned upside down but it, I don't yeah. it wasn't really a joke I, I would really sit on a keg turned upside down <laughs> so when, when that was my office then I think I was called the communications manager at one point and right. then, um was that just kind of a catch-all for all things not beer like a, that's what it yeah, seemed like so like I think I I really did communicate with with uh the outside world a lot but 
um I think like early on I liked I liked like writing the the beer descriptions and things like that and so we felt like it was maybe the the title that that fit for what I was doing nice yeah yeah for uh, for a while I mean from the branding perspective it was basically just that bell right I mean I yeah was... and that was and that I didn't have any that wasn't me like that was like Mike and Luke even before opening I think I think that there were a lot of um delays you know with like construction and permits and stuff like that so I think they had some like time where they were like eager to get going on the business but couldn't really make any moves with the actual physical space and so they were able to like I think that's when they were planting hops and stuff like up on Ossington and a few different places in the city and then they they had the I guess they they had someone that wasn't double knot do the bell um, right the original yeah show. yeah and then the double knot team came on board because I think they were neighbors, right? They were in a design studio near the the brewery. Yeah, so they were they were above Town Moto, which was like two doors down, or right. like, yeah, about two doors down. And that's where I, I used to double park to run into the retail store and put my flashers on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Town Moto's not there anymore. Um, oh no. Yeah, they they closed after I think ten years of business. So. Wow. You're all gone. I'm but, out of the loop. Back in yeah, the days, no, it's okay. Back in the olden days, I would throw my flashers on. I would know someone in the retail store. And now it's like, I don't, I yeah. don't know. And when I'm in town, I'm like, I don't know a single person here anymore. That's gotten yeah. so, it's massive. I mean, we came actually, Chris, no, you weren't with me. We went for a Wu-Tang concert in Toronto and we popped in to see the new space, like yeah. the new expanded space. Yeah, and it yeah, was like mind blowing. Like, because I remember when it, I actually was there when, Mike and Luke were like literally like cutting wood for the bar and just like yeah. in sawdust and trying, you know, witch shark for the first time. It's crazy to see how far it's come. Yeah. I, so a lot of that happened when I was on this most recent mat leave. So I, I was away for all of last year and I just came back in January of this year. And it, even for me, I felt like it was a big, like shock, you know, because I, so I've had two mat leaves in the time that I've worked at Bellwoods and, um, both times I think it sort of gives me this perspective of feeling more like the consumer or something like I can kind of look at Bellwoods from the outside in instead of feeling like I'm you know inside the operation so it was like I felt like I was witnessing the expansion just like everyone else was even though obviously I like Pat Pat works right (laughs) some of my best friends work at Bellwoods and stuff but um yeah and so when I left the for people who don't know Pat's your partner and your father of your two children he also works at Bellwoods yeah Yeah. um and uh so the the 120 space wasn't renovated yet when I left and when I came back it was yeah in full swing so it was like really crazy and also just so many new faces like I I still feel like I I because I, I still work from home some of the time like I don't even think I've met every single person um who works in the restaurant so. That's crazy. So it came yeah. from like, I mean, how many people would you say were on the team when you were sitting on the keg? Like, oh, I mean, I think there was about five of us: me, John, Pat, and Mike and Luke. And they're and all still there. I mean, obviously, Mike and Luke. We're but... also there. Yeah, we're all still there. Yeah, crazy. I mean, and and it, to just the level set here, like, I normally wouldn't ask someone whose job is marketing probably <laughs> to be on a podcast, but like, I do think your role has been integral to building up like I would say one of the best brands in Canadian craft beer, like 
Bellwoods obviously makes phenomenal beer, but I also think the brand is just fantastic. Like it's instantly recognizable, very creative. I think it was kind of a game changer for, for beer in Ontario. Well, that's nice of you to say. I mean, I think that something that Mike and Luke did from the beginning is they just like gave me a lot of creative freedom to like, you know, take ideas and kind of run with them and stuff. And in the early days, there wasn't so much input for me to give necessarily. There wasn't that. I mean, like, you know, I can remember the day I was like, Luke, I think we should get Instagram. And, you know, like there were day there were years before we had Instagram. So obviously there's been an evolution of the ways that we like showcase what we're doing to the to the consumer. Um, but I think, yeah, they've been really good about just you know, even even say from like a brewing standpoint, if if we had ideas, like if me or John or Pat wanted to brew something and we were like, I think we should do this kind of style, like they'd be like, Yeah, sure, let's try it. You know, mm-hmm. like I think they're very open to um having us have a say in the in the creative process. Um, and then of course today, like I couldn't met I I can't talk about what I do without mentioning the team because I I work in a small team now with Paige. Um, who's our art director and and Alexa who's our marketing assistant and they're both mm-hmm. you know phenomenal so I it's not like I can take all the credit and say that wow I've I've created this you know brand or something like I I think I've put a lot of myself into it and I think that I like I really want um, I want to be able to do things a little unconventionally you know like I'm not I'm not like a professionally trained marketer um, so yeah. You're uh, earning that head of marketing title by just <laughs> deflecting, giving all the credit to your team. That's that's quite well done. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think it's it's nice to work in a team where it's good, it's good just at 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 times to like recognize, okay, this is not the thing I'm gonna specialize in. I'm gonna have we're gonna have someone else do, you know, this this facet of the the brand or this facet of marketing or something. So um I really uh, I really appreciate Paige and Alexa so much and I don't feel like we could like I think we have to be the three of us to make it all work I also get the sense and it's been a while since I was like coming around and and, you know chatting with the Bellwoods team but like Mike and Luke very invested in the brand like at least early on like (laughs) hands-on this is not on brand like you guys are saying they let you try things but I'm betting there's a lot of times where if that beer didn't work I'm, I'm imagining it wasn't seeing the light of day and, and I know <laughs> like and I know that like like even think of the not to talk about like a shitty thing but like the thing with cowbell I know that enrages them because brand is so important I mean part of brand is obviously do we look different are we instantly identifiable as you know a separate and unique thing they seem like they've been pretty hands-on in terms of building the brand while giving you some some leeway yeah yeah Totally. I mean, I think that even now um, there's like aspects of like certainly labels and label design and and a lot of the the visual elements of Bellwoods, um, they're still very much um, involved in, which makes sense. You know, that's that's really like the first impression for a lot of people when they're going to be drinking a, a beer or whatever, engaging in any kind of product that you purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in terms of written like written copy they they trust me and I don't I don't check in with them as much if I have to you know 
like I was thinking the other day, somebody on Instagram, like I, I'm still very much in the DMs and the, the inbox and stuff um, because I feel like it gives me a good perspective. But yeah, the other day somebody commented on one of the non-elk posts and they said like, oh, I had the fortune or something of trying four pints of, of stay classy in Hamilton. And I just like quickly fired off like, but how much were you peeing? And I was thinking like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's years of the business where I probably would have like okayed a response like that with them. But of course, now I'm just like, I'm just going to say this, like, it's fine. <laughs> well, that's I, and the interesting thing is like, you have kind of become the voice of them. Cause I remember you, you've been doing the newsletter. Like I, I, I knew you then. And I, when mm-hmm. I got the newsletter, I'm like, oh, this is clearly Carmen's voice. I, I think the Bellwoods voice and Carmen's voice are so intertwined. Are you still pretty hands-on? Didn't you have a blog too for a while? Is the blog dead? I feel like there was a Bellwoods blog for a while or just wherever you put news items. Yeah, I think that's sort of like testament to how like, you know, communication styles have changed. Like I think the blog existed kind of pre-Instagram. And then I think once social media um, became what it is, we like, obviously there's certain kinds of businesses where like content marketing is still really no, I think blogs are I mean I fucking I'm, I'm talking to you because I started with a blog I think blog yeah. people don't fucking read blogs anymore so I have a <laughs> podcast now like the the yeah. game has changed people don't have an attention span for it so th- I think that's a way that Bellwoods like many other things has adapted but there used to be a time where you were directing traffic to your blog and you would yeah. have like meteor I remember when you had like even your newsletter would point to like other blogs or articles mm-hmm. of interest. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got time for that shit anymore. And you guys have yeah. adapted. Now you're visually even more stunning on Instagram and driving traffic to like sales basically. Cause who's got time to read shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, attention spans aren't, aren't great these days. No. Um, and I think, yeah, like blogs, I don't know, maybe if you like really had to improve your SEO or something, you would be like blogging a bunch, but I, that that's really just for ranking. Like it's not because people want to read those posts. Right. So I think, um, yeah, I, we don't blog anymore. Um, but I, I still, I, I write all the newsletters still, um, while I was away page, uh, took over and I think she was glad to <laughs> give them back to me when I got back. Um, but, and the thing too, is like, the newsletters aren't um, maybe as conversational as they used to be just because, again, I think I've recognized that people's attention spans are, are you know, you kind of want to get straight to the point and talk about whatever's the like, you know, latest release. And sometimes I kind of daydream about maybe there's like a portion of people that would want like more of a, I don't know. I'm one of those people. Honestly, yeah, okay. I'll add you to <laughs> yeah, I read the, I read the whole newsletter too. The newsletter <laughs> is like a blog. It's just, it comes in your inbox. So you're, you have to take a look at it. It's, it's, yeah. It's good. I mean, I, yeah. So there's a part of me that wants to, to maybe have like just a cohort of Bellwoods um, beer drinkers who might want like a slightly longer format thing. You need a um, sub stack. It's all about the sub stack now. Yeah. Sub stack. I have a sub stack, but it's not about beer. Um, no, yes. but I, I, I honestly would, because I, I look at your, your email now, it's much more, the call to action is buy this beer now. And I think, <laughs> yeah. but like you, I feel like you've established the brand, like you, the awareness has been established and you, you don't need that outreach anymore. So I don't know, I, I guess like if you're already reaching enough people to sell as much beer as you can sell you don't need to reach new people necessarily just like here's what's selling right now and here's how you buy it I think I think that there's sort of like 
your ideals maybe as as a person or a marketer and then there's like the reality you know and yeah. <laughs> I can tell which emails perform better than others and they're not the ones where I'm telling you about the <laughs> you know a, a long story so um but and yet, what's your perform what's your performance metric because some of them give me a chuckle and uh, right, if, ben, yeah, it's, if it's, ben chuckles are your kpi <laughs> yeah it's super hard to measure chuckles i will admit um, but if you're trying to sell you know more uh, stout with coffee you've got a different click-through yeah. rate yeah yeah um but i i still think that there's like a place and i make i still try to make space for some like doing things where there's like no clear return you yeah, know yeah. like we I've tried to um, focus a lot of attention on uh, video content recently. And, you know, it's pretty hard to prove that a video where we're like being idiots, right? Like, you know, re reciting like the lines I've written about shipping policies is like doing much, but I think we have fun doing it. I think people enjoy it. And I, I'm going to still, I still think that kind of content, like the, the difficult to prove that it has ROI, you know, um, content is absolutely valuable. Um, totally. I mean, that's the intangible part of being in marketing communications is that there's the awareness piece and the brand voice piece that's hard to put on a dashboard, you know, to, to prove sales. Yeah. But I'm, I don't know, you could do who, why, how many video people watch the video to completion and those like stupid metrics like that. And I don't even think like, I don't, I don't think that's worth it. Like, I think there's sort of a sense, like even even among staff, you know, there's certain videos where people will be like, oh, I loved the the video you guys did. Or like, you know, people feel good when they get to take part in it. And like those sorts of feel good. Those yeah. are my eyes, you know, like, like. Well, I here's the issue. So I work in marketing communications and there's always like a marketing person that wants to see better ROI. You're yeah. the head of marketing. So fuck, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, hey, we're doing a fun video to get the brand voice out there and it's yeah. going to be just for fun. You can do that. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, I try like some some weeks this is easier than other, but I others I, I do try to kind of have like an 80-20 rule where like 80% of my time is task and deadline oriented and then 20% is more like giving myself the time and space to like think of good ideas and brainstorm as a like a group of three of us and stuff like that so I think if we didn't make um time for that it would be all just KPI you know garbage that doesn't really further a brand right. um like I think that we're good we're good about making time for like creative ideas that could be dumb and could be good um and then you know we're lucky to work in a place where those sorts of ideas are valued. So what, what's your background? We're throwing a lot of like marketing jargon right now. Do you have yeah. a marketing background? No. Um, I, you know what, like when I did university, I just really knew nothing about university. So I <laughs> remember somebody asking me, what's your major? And I was like, Googled like what's a major? No, um, yeah, well, you're already I, at university. Do yeah, you <laughs> I just got good grades in high school and applied to UBC and was like, okay, I'm here. Chris um, Googled what's your major at his fifth year at the University of No, I, well, I changed it, but <laughs> yeah. but your approach sounds the same as mine. I'm like, wow, oh, I did good in school. I should go to university. What should I study? Yeah. I don't know. I'll just apply to some places that look like fun. I'll yeah, the like rest I, out later. I went to the university that my parents went to, that my brother went to. Like I just kind of, we lived in 
we didn't live in Vancouver we lived outside of Vancouver but um I just was like I guess that's what you do after high school anyways right so then I remember I was in the I think it's called the Kerner Library in UBC and I saw someone's um like in a in an academic essay or something somebody had their um an like an MFA of creative writing and I was like creative writing like you can do that as your major so I was just like yeah duh of course that's what I'm gonna do um and then I found out that there was a creative writing program in um in Montreal at Concordia and I was like yeah I'll I'll go there that sounds nice um so I did my degree in creative writing and like I don't know I do sort of wish that maybe my parents were like maybe you should try like engineering or right you know like if you want to one day have a job you should maybe think about something else. honors English literature over here I'm feeling your pain like (laughs) could have been more practical but also uh, like I read a lot of great shit like I'm pretty glad that I've read a lot of the things I've read and I think you know it teaches you to think so yeah, that... I, I don't regret it I mean I think like I and I'm I'm joking about engineering like I I uh... fuck engineering I'm with you I get it <laughs> too many I have, engineers I have friends who are engineers but I I, uh, I let's be honest I could never have made it as an engineer so I I uh but sometimes you're like maybe if I did like a little bit of business school stuff like just something to help me make yeah. a little more so yeah I, no <laughs> I mean I I think I I lucked out with a sort of unconventional career trajectory so um, yeah from brewer to head of marketing isn't I mean there's a lot of brewers who become the head of marketing but I wouldn't say they've done it to the level that you can I I think to the level of success that you've shown like do you guys even use an agency you guys you mentioned that you have like you threw off a bunch of marketing-esque titles at at presumably everything's in-house yeah yeah I mean the only thing we don't have in-house is double knot like our graphic design so right yeah the the still I mean, I think that we, like, sometimes I feel like they're practically in-house. They work, like, two offices away. and Right. Yeah. So is that your idea then, going to kind of the, the stop motion? Like, I love a lot of that style marketing that you guys pivoted towards a, a couple of years ago. It was just beautiful. Just such a clean uh, aesthetic. Yeah, the stop motion, all the, like, really beautiful photography and the stop motion stuff is is um, Paige. She's, she's I like, I... I think that what's nice is Paige and I are very much on the same wavelength. So like we are, we work well together and really I've never had a, a better working relationship than with her. Um, and, and you worked with your husband. Just and I, Oh my God, that was not a good working relationship. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't recommend working with your husband. Um, it's good. Once, once we, we had different titles, like once we weren't both on the, the, brew house then I think like things got better but no he's he's a like a natural he's naturally suited to the sort of stress that comes with brewing and I'm like just horrifically suited to it so it's good that I didn't stick with it um I say this about my kids sometimes you have to leave them in order to miss them it's the same for your spouse yeah yeah I just um yeah wasn't I I wasn't a good brewer I I'm like (laughs) I have brewed witch shark and I feel like there's some sort of like uh I feel good about that but um like yeah I always think like if if John and all of the other brewers like fainted on a brew day like I could probably maybe figure it out 
Everyone faints. Forget them. You must finish the brood. <laughs> like which shark must go on? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. What were What were you asking me? What am I? Going <laughs> I interrupted you like four times. <laughs> then Chris did too. Oh, about about the stop motion. Yeah, I yeah. want to give credit to Paige. Um, she's a genius, and um, I think something that's really nice about like at this point, you know. I don't know how to describe it like any idea that I had in the beginning when when I when I first started working with Paige like I can remember one of the first photo shoots we did and I was like okay like these are all the elements I'm thinking about and just to have someone be able to, to like bring your vision your vision to life is so incredible and I think that like Paige really uh she has all of those skills to make anything that I want or she wants happen so um that's really nice. And even now with Alexa, like, you know, I can say like, I want a video that looks like A, B, and C, and I want this element and whatever. And she just, you know. I think that's, I think they're like, that's remarkable. Honestly, maybe I'm like being naive about this, but like, I, I don't know that breweries, A, have in-house teams the way that you're talking about and have like, especially with Lester, like pressure, like your, your branding is like Bellwoods is like top-notch world-class. I think about breweries that have like branding that knock it out of the park. Like I really like left field, but they, yeah. they, they paid an agency a few years ago to revamp things. They brought people in. Right. I think about the bigger breweries that like are so marketing focused. It's all, it's all agencies. The fact that there are, I don't know, three to five women just like crushing it and building this brand, I think is pretty remarkable. Uh, three, there's three of us, but Sorry. yeah, I know. Just okay. three. I don't know if there was more you were going to mention. <laughs> yeah. Even and, crazier. And for a long time, I mean, for a long time, it was just me. And then it was just me and Paige and then Alexa is, is pretty new. So it's, it's like expanded in a kind of, or it's grown, you know, organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we're kind of like a, like a sort of weird mid business size, you know, where like, we don't, I, I don't, I honestly don't know that much about the agency side of things. So I can't, I can't speak to it, but. Well, you should look into what they get paid because you're <laughs> doing their work and <laughs> um, you're saving Bellwood some dough. Um, no, but, but really. <laughs> I think the, the fact that you're, you know, that you've been doing it at, at, for so long with such a tight team is reflected in the brand and in the design, right? I mean, it's it's been so consistent for so long. You guys have such a well-recognized brand and uh, and it's sort of the antithesis of, of a lot of the other branding, which is let's be as loud as possible to get people to notice us. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, beer, the beer has to be good at the heart of any brewery, but uh, it's just you've carved out such a nice niche in, in just the way things look on the shelf versus other breweries. Yeah, I mean, I think the the guys at Double Knot, too, are just like incredible. You know, they're they do such incredible amazing work and you do have yeah you have fun you have fun building blocks to play with for sure when you go social and you do your newsletters the truth is that we like we work with a lot of really great people and really creative people and I don't I don't know like I think that it probably I was talking to another brewery owner um I won't name drop but I was talking to another brewery owner recently no one's listening yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh he was saying that like they had just for a time hired a kind of like capital M marketing guy to to get some stuff done and in the end it was like kind of like an amicable split where they were like I don't really think 
you're the best fit. And the marketer was like, yeah, I don't really think I'm the best fit. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm not surprised because I feel like marketing for a brewery is a, it's a really unique thing. Like alcohol is a government regulated substance. It's you, you can't market in the same way that you could market a, I don't know what mattress or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certain, you know, streams that aren't available to us. Um, and so I think it kind of takes probably a team of people who aren't like so, so, uh, I don't know what classically conventionally trained. Um, and then as a result, there's like a bit of a like sharkiness to like, like classical marketing. It's like, I don't know, but, but also like people smell that. So it's not, I think that traditional marketing isn't necessarily always great. I think the people that find that sweet spot is like having a unique brand voice. And the difficult thing, this is what always, I've, I brought this up on other shows, but like the difficult thing for craft beer, I think is that uh, a really unique branding has the voice of the company. Mm-hmm. And yet the people who are good at making beer aren't necessarily very good at marketing and branding usually. So there's like a sweet spot that I don't think a lot of breweries can hit. For me, I think Bellwoods is best in class for both. You guys make great beer and have great marketing. And most breweries skew one way or the other. I think there's an imbalance typically. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I think that has helped that I brewed first because I feel confident when I'm, you know, explaining some aspect of a beer or like the brewing process. Not that I get technical very often, but. no, I think that's totally, that's a great point. Like, I mean, you've done it. You have a voice of person that makes beer. So you can come to it from that perspective. Like anytime you have someone who has no idea what the business does or how to do it, doing the marketing, it just doesn't ring true. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm able, like, there's definitely, since I've stopped brewing so many years ago, like my, I don't, I don't know a lot of what the head brewers know, but I can ask them the right questions and I can, you know, and, and I talk, I, I call John and Pat a lot, um, to just like explain certain aspects to me, or I'll ask them about, you know, the yeast and something or whatever. And it, 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 um, I think it helps that I have just like a foundation of, of knowledge about these things, but I don't know, to be honest, I think that I often just try to say like, I don't know, what what would I want in a in a transactional email? Do I want it to sound like every other transactional email or do I want it to have like just a hint of life to it, you know? And yeah. I I want a hint of life and and a uh, coupon code. And a coupon code. Coupon <laughs> code, right? Sign up for the newsletter. If you're listening, sign up for the damn newsletter. Um sometimes I just you still need people to sign up for the newsletter. I mean do you like do you still do awareness and outreach like do you think i guess that's a the value like are there people out there do you think that still don't know about bellwoods that you're like there's a gap i gotta reach there's people what i don't funny reach it's like so at, at my daughter's school um we've like you know met all these other parents who are like similar ages and have kids in the same class and all that. And people inevitably will be like, Oh, what do you do? And I'll say, I work at a brewery and they'll be like, Oh, which brewery? And I'll say Bellwoods and like, Oh, okay. Never heard of it. it. Yeah. And I'm just (laughs) like, all right, well, we live in the same neighborhood. I'm not that far from work. Um, And of course there's some people who are like, Oh, I love Bellwoods or something. Like I'm, I'm kind of hamming it up, but like um, I'm, I still meet, plenty of people in real life who are like yeah don't know what you're talking about um so whenever i encounter that i'm like i've got work to do (laughs) 
Well, yeah. I think it within Bellwood's neighborhood. That's that does seem like a bit of a myth. But also, like, I don't think Bellwood's is struggling to sell beer. It's not like you're. It's not like you're. Uh, you know, you're making more than you can sell. Yeah, yeah. You're probably well, okay with yeah. the kids from your <laughs> the parents from your kids' school. Yeah, I think that's kind of just my my. Uh... No, that would piss me off too. I get it. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I just, uh, that's like my, my thing at work. Cause I'm always just yelling at people. Give me your email, <laughs> sign up for the newsletter. So <laughs> it's just like my personal mission to get everyone to nice. read the newsletter. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, like niche, of, of, at least what I find with like great beer and great marketing, are there some brands that you really dig? Like, I think, like I said, Bellwoods hits that on both angles, but like, who do you look to for inspiration? Like in the beer world or no? Yeah, or not. Um, I love Burdock. I, think I was going to say there are like two breweries. I really think the branding is outstanding. I think in I'm and Burdock and Bellwoods. Um, number one fan. I like to, I like to, you know, stand them online and on all their, there's their Instagram posts. I try to leave stupid comments under the Bellwoods. Uh, <laughs> um, using yeah. the co- using the company account. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the stupider the better. Um, I think they do a really good job of putting, like, yeah, just putting the their their personality into their marketing, which I of course appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. But I would say in general, I'm a person who does try to get like tries to consume a lot of inspiration. And I remember asking a lot of people about that when I was interviewing for when I was going on mat leave, like just like what where do you go for your sources of inspiration for like, um, you know, whether it's like photography or videos or um, even just how you want to approach like reaching out to customers and consumers and that sort of thing um and yeah I don't know like I subscribe to probably like 70 newsletters that oh are, my god that's yeah, terrible I'm an inbox minimalist that sounds terrible oh my god I'm the absolute opposite of an inbox minimalist do you want me to tell you how many unread emails I have in my oh I'm gonna my, cringe in my inbox right now do you want personal or work I mean, this is going to make me seem like a really bad employee. Well, actually work doesn't make sense because you know what I did is when I returned, um, I, in January, I took all of my emails and I just dumped them and I was like, whoop, starting fresh. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. I have a colleague who, when we're turning from Matt leave, did like a select all delete. And I was like, oh, oh my God, like, I can't, how did you, did. none of that was important to you? Like, no, I'm back now. Like, it yeah. Starts with- yeah, I got like 112,000 emails in my work inbox. I haven't deleted one since I started eight years ago. Is that true? Yeah. 112,000? Something like that. See, I, I, I aim for inbox zero. I put things in folders and I make lists. I want I nothing in the inbox. Them. Anyway, this is compelling podcasting right <laughs> yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, what was your question? The original question. <laughs> I was going to say brands that inspire you or where oh, you Oh yeah, brands that inspire me. Okay. You so said you really the like the Best Buy newsletter that you get and yeah. Costco. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I subscribe to a newsletter from Rachel Carton, who used to be the social media person at Bon Appetit. Okay. Uh, yeah, and she writes a, a newsletter called Lincoln Bio. 
and I quite like that. Um, and I, I feel like she does a lot of interviews with people who work in social media, which um, I still feel very, you know, very much like I work in social media, even though it's social media and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like her as a resource. And I know, to be honest, I think this is probably at the detriment to my mental health, but I am really online. Like I am on TikTok a lot. I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, and like I made Paige and Alexa get TikTok accounts and they were like kind of joking, begging me like to, like not to have to do it. And I was like, no, you you let is that Is there going to be a Bellwoods TikTok account? Please. I would love to see you. Bellwoods is on TikTok. No, really? Yes. Oh, sorry. I guess I should know, but I avoid TikTok like the plague too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, TikTok is like, it's like terrifying, obviously, because. Um, What's it, on your TikTok account? Are you doing dances and reaction videos and memes? <laughs> no, we, I, you know, we, we started the TikTok account um, before my mat leave. And then I think it, we kind of put it on hold for a bit and now we're reigniting it, but no, it's not, it's, it's I promise there's no dances plus nobody would do a dance are you kidding I would love to see if honestly if you had Luke and Mike do a quick little dance on (laughs) I think you're dreaming obviously um but I just yeah I I feel like I'm really plugged into or I try to stay really plugged into what's happening um because I feel like it's part of my job but of course it's also like um you know like I don't sleep very much and I have a baby and stuff and I'm like I probably yeah. should take rest more seriously but... you do a lot of doom scrolling when you have young kids you just yeah. mindlessly <laughs> social media is the tool of people with young kids for sure uh-huh. yeah. I don't have time to get into a movie or anything like oh. that I just pick up my phone and I'll stare at it for an hour oh I could have watched that movie Not send damn. memes to your partner who's like 20 feet away in a different room <laughs> oh yeah Pat always sends me um um what do you call it forklift fails forklift fails tell yeah. pat to please bring back dick graffiti on instagram i was a big fan of his account when you just yeah. take random pictures of penises and spray painted places he still, he still like religiously takes pictures of anything like any kind of dick graffiti but he just man that's it. hot content if he kept yeah. at it honestly give him a little help with your branding yeah. marketing expertise dick graffiti could be the next fuck jerry or moist buddha or whatever maybe he needs a newsletter you know I, dick graf- I would subscribe to the Dick Graffiti yeah. newsletter, yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay, speaking of like TikTok and venturing, is there like something or is there, a, what's the biggest flop you've done in terms of communication? Is there something you did or like Bellwoods tried to do and you're like, holy fuck, that was the wrong fit for us? <laughs> wow, that's an interesting question. It's interesting. Well, the thing is that you have to decide what, what counts as successful, right? Like, is it what Instagram tells you is successful or do you have an internal metric of success? And I would say sometimes we'll put up a post where I'm like, okay, this is gonna get a lot of traction and it doesn't. And then I still sort of say to myself like, okay, this picture is amazing, looks beautiful. This caption is funny. Like I'm counting this as as a success. I'm not saying this to like be ridiculous. I do mean it. Like there are times where I'm like, the people or the algorithm has spoken and it did not like this, but I still think it's good. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a flop. I yeah. totally get that, by the way. I mean, when we were not doing the podcast and the beer and bullshit Instagram count just turned into like place for me to create memes. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like I created some fucking hilarious memes that just flopped. And I'm like, that's funny. I don't care that it's got 20 likes. I fucking really like this meme. Well, there's this like idea that Paige keeps on wanting me to approve. And I've like told her no so many times. And I, I have like to our now, audience. Let's see. Now I'm Who's convinced right? it's going to go viral when, when we make it happen. Like right. it's going to be like, she's going to be like, see, eat your words, Carmen, you're a moron. Um, <laughs> but it's like, she really wants to, what's the song? Uh, you know what? I feel like I can't even debut it here because like, I got to give her her, her moment to shine, but it's like, she wants, she wanted to like, she's so funny with, um, like puns and like wordplay and stuff. And she wanted to work Bellweiser into some hit song I forget and uh, I've just like every time she sings it to me in the office I'm like Paige Paige no no <laughs> this is we're not going there um but I don't know mark my words it'll be like our first like you know two million is, view video it, forgive me for asking but is there an age differential because I find that when I've had conversations about what will and won't work on social media I'm maybe coming at it from a, <laughs> the perspective of a 42 year old and like right. okay, no I'm, well I'm 36 and Paige is 33. Um, okay, so it's so not I don't that. Think it's, I don't think it's so much, but um, I don't know. Like, I do think that for the most part, we we are like really aligned in what we like and what we post. But this, I don't know, this singing video, I'm just kind of like, I don't think this is going to get clearance. So I feel like Bellwoods is, Bellwoods, Bellwoods is? Bellwoods brand has always been pretty like on like on point like i i actually our mutual friend leon has a, a bellwoods uh shaker pint which i love to put on social media because i think it's fucking hilarious <laughs> that like like the most precious brand in ontario craft beer used to do a fucking big 16 ounce shaker pint brandon you guys would never do that now it's awesome but like other than like that's not like a huge misstep but like generally mm-hmm. speaking the brand has been pretty important and the things you've done have always been pretty like on point i'm i'm you know i i was hoping you'd come up with something that flopped because i can't really think of anything offhand like there were definitely beer styles that we put out early on that all of us you know like to make the butt of a joke or something like that like uh, i think you know we had one that was called like before lost river baltic porter was that we had like a lost river ipa and i don't know i think it was probably pretty bad and so we always joke about it being our favorite beer or something like that and muggle vice was like a i don't even remember what the style was sounds it was like, like a butter beer style it was like well muggle vice, it was like some sort of reference you're talking to a wizard aficionado by the way <laughs> i should let you know that chris is a big wizard guy it was like a dark Berliner Weiss or something. And I don't know. I think it was a bit of a fail. It was like one of the first beers that Pat and I brewed. And like, yeah, there were certainly some beers way, way, way back in the day that I'm sure if we tasted and put through QC now, we'd be like, this is a collective no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we've like, to, to, to be honest, I think we've always been pretty ruthless about uh, what makes it like through QC and what doesn't. But yeah early early days beers we like to make fun of i like i've got a bellwoods misstep it's kind of tied to marketing and and uh my... <laughs> tell me no 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 it's not a misstep that you guys made it was a misstep that i made but uh-huh. uh it, born of the the work that you guys do there which is um you know through your jelly king and your milk shark series there was lots of people that when there's a drop i gotta have it i gotta have it i'm it's the collection and it's a slightly different colored label yeah. and it's 
Um, and my brother was one of those people. And, and, uh, my cousin lives right near the brewery on Ossington and he brought up some milk shark for, for my brother, just one bottle of it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, up to our cottage. And then I, I proceeded to drink it and detail Mm -hmm. it all in pictures to my brother, which was Mm -hmm. just his response is you better not, it's limited edition. You better not touch it. And then, uh, you know, he was mad at me for like, maybe when was that? six years ago so probably he's been mad at me for six years about it because uh, they missed out on that i mean that is some hyper brand loyalty right there based on and i, I don't know that, that's a phenomenal the way that you guys drove to, like those we, collection we kind of had, stuff. had some like uh some like desperate emails written to us about this sort of thing we're like oh, I, I had a milk shark in the fridge and then my roommate's friend drank it and like is there any way you could get me an extra one and I mean, it's crazy. It's beer. I mean, it's really good beer, but like, it's yeah. just beer. Like, come on. <laughs> I do say, like, I, I'll, I'll try to help someone if, if we've got like extra. Oh, in that case, I have a list. No. Yeah, yeah. I send it in. I'll see what I can do. Um, but there's also like, I think it in at this point in the, like, you know, I work from home a lot too. Like, it's. I can't like I think sometimes people picture that there's like four of us and we're all in a room with a tank and it's like well just ask like the guy who's standing it's like no it takes a lot to coordinate these things walk over to the retail store and package some yeah you guys don't have one of those fountain pop the new ones where you can just press whatever flavor you want and the beer just comes out we have actually at the the brew pub now they they there's 20 tabs we used to have eight for the longest time and now there's 20 and I'm always like wow this is look at this variety this is great <laughs> you know i gotta talk about the 20 taps a little more but yeah. Yeah, i remember so the days of the, i remember the days of the kitchen being under the stairs up to the mezzanine yeah yeah different vibe there these days vibe for sure yeah okay here's a branding question okay i was convinced that there was a beer released by bellwoods called donkey venom because you guys realize you're so popular you could basically release a beer called ass poison <laughs> And it would sell because it's basically ass poison donkey venom. Yeah. And he, I had heard that somewhere and Mike would not confirm. I definitely denied. So he definitely wouldn't confirm what he it, did. It, I wouldn't say it was uh I don't think donkey venom is like a cheeky way to like flex <laughs> or anything that we could release any beer. I think donkey venom, I don't know, like there's a lot of beers we have that are named after these like mythical you know, hybrid beast, I don't know, characters. <laughs> um, and I will, I will be honest. I don't get to name a lot of beers because my suggestions are, there's, they're stupid. People don't, like them. <laughs> the only beer I think that I named is Motley Crue. And uh, that's a solid name. And wow, the anniversary beer and probably one of the most coveted. Right. Hello. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I made my mark. I'm, um, yeah, but they, I just, I don't even chime in anymore. I think like with Wizard Wolf, I remember that being a, th- a thing in the beginning where Pat was saying to Mike and Luke, like, why don't we name a beer Wizard Wolf? And they were both like, that is so stupid. Like, no. And then. Probably my favorite Bellwoods beer forever. <laughs> I have one of the original t-shirts too. Like that's. Yeah. Uh, that's we still cool. have Wizard Wolf shirts, so. But they're different. I've seen them on your newsletter. They're, they've changed. Mine's cooler. Mine's gray with white. You don't do them anymore. You know what? Put in a request. Put in a request. Maybe. No, I don't want other people to have my cool oh, shirt. Oh, okay, okay. You want the exclusivity <laughs> shirt? Okay. Hmm. Sure. Now okay. I want one. 
<laughs> yeah well you can get one of the current versions they're they're not as worth as much but <laughs> yeah um okay well we do a little thing on our show i don't know if you've listened to the season but we have a new thing called pell's corner chris okay. i'm putting you on the spot i'm hoping you've come prepared can we do a pell's corner tonight we absolutely can i'm even moderately more prepared than my usual not prepared at all wow, great. i'm, I'm okay. conscious of the fact that you have two children that are currently feverish so we won't take up too much more of your time let me find the pell's corner introduction music which is widely nice. hated nice. at least by kevin freer here we go <laughs> i have no idea what this is going to be carmen so bear with me here we go <laughs> okay chris what's going on for pell's corner tonight um we are going to have a uh a debate uh okay. i i will be uh the debate moderator yeah okay and the two of you will choose a side that you would agree or disagree with the statements oh, that i'm going okay. to give you okay. okay is there a time limit to our our various responses uh yeah i mean we don't need to go on forever these will be fairly simple ones it's okay, not okay. like uh, it's not like we're looking to solve any major world issues here okay okay Okay, why don't we start with just a little simple one here. Just to clarify, we're just going to argue whatever side of this argument we're given. We won't let our personal biases actually. Yes, pictures. Got it. I I'm going to assign it to you guys. Okay. Uh, okay. Imagine you're on a talking head show. Okay. Um, swimming in the ocean is better than swimming. Sorry. In the ocean. You said ocean? <laughs> just edit that part out. <laughs> swimming in the ocean damn it um <laughs> swimming in the ocean is better than swimming in a pool ben okay. you are agree carmen you are disagree okay Wait. yeah okay I, okay do you want to go first carmen yeah caitlin give me a sec here so i'm basically saying that swimming in the ocean is better no i'm ocean your pool oh i'm pool i'm pool i'm pool okay um yeah, so what I would say about oceans is that they have sharks. And, you know, obviously a shark can consume a human easily, no problem. They have really sharp teeth. Um, also, oceans are um, endangered, right? Like we have a lot of things that are going in there that shouldn't be, like pollution. And you could think of humans as pollution as well. So, there's another reason why um, you probably shouldn't swim in the ocean. Um, starfish are gross. That's one. Um, <laughs> like, is this like a point form thing? Uh, I would also say that, um, guys, this is really complicated. This is harder than I thought. And time, Ben. Yeah. Tell me about the ocean and why it's great. Better. It's than interesting pools. that Carmen mentioned that oceans are in danger and we need to protect them. Because honestly, what better way to appreciate the majesty of the ocean than to be in it, immerse yourself in the ocean? All right, fine. He's already doing a better job. <laughs> salt water is good for your skin. Pools are, do they take questionable, up space? Questionable. Sorry, salt water is good for your skin? I think so. Heard Not of a saltwater pool? Natural highlights in your well, pool is taking up space in your backyard. You're digging into the natural habitat of your neighborhood. Chlorine mm -hmm. is bad for your skin. You can get pink eye. I once saw someone take a pool in a pool. I mean, I could go Chlorine on. Chlorine is but... what makes you not get pink eye. <laughs> well, I'm not here to debate that. <laughs> um, Chris, 
who won? I'm going to award this first point to to Ben Carmen, uh, mm. who Sorry. successfully argued against the pool in his own backyard. I love my pool. I'm just that good at debating. All right, here's one. You guys both have young children, as we discovered earlier. Uh, uh, parent, a parent shouldn't be allowed to pierce a baby's ear. Oh God, I'm very Ben. You're gonna go first. To which side of this I'm gonna get? <laughs> you're gonna go first. That way, Carmen has the opportunity to rebut you the way you just did her. Uh, so I was taking notes while Carmen spoke, so I did have an advantage. <laughs> Uh, plus, I pre-fed the questions to you before the show, just so you could look smart. Mm. Well, I didn't get them, but thank you. Inspiring mm. um, against. No, I, d- I did not oh, really. Okay, I was like, I missed that note. Uh, ben, you are arguing in favor of piercing baby's ears. Carmen, you are arguing against piercing baby's ears. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Um, honestly, it's my kid, right? So yeah. if if I would like my kid <laughs> to express what else are you going to do to your kid? Jesus. Right. I mean, you can only give your kids so many tattoos before you start thinking about piercings. Uh, I want my kid to match me and I am a big fan of piercings. And so I would like the, the right, nay, no, I should have said privilege, nay, right, to take my kid to the mall and pierce his or her ears and nose because if my child wants that, uh, that's their right. And you know what? If they think they don't want it when they get to be a teenager, uh, they can take it out and it'll grow back. But I would like to have a nine-year-old with um, a pierced ear. And that's my right as a Canadian. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think there's lots of holes to be picked in that <laughs> debate, but uh, go Pierce ahead. Carmen. That's good. That's really good. Uh, I feel like you just said this. You just did this so you could have that segue. You did the hundred yeah. percent. I mean, the truth is uh, that Ben's gets to be funny and mine is just real. Like, you know, <laughs> why are you taking your kid to go make them cry and then get a, like a little, you know, bloody ear? Um I, I see that just as unnecessary conflict, you know, like my parenting ethos is like, just, just have no, you just don't want to really make things harder for you than they need to be. And I feel like uh, a little kid crying in the mall, that just seems like um, uh, inconvenient, but also uh, annoying. And um, I would say, don't put a little gun with a pricky thing through your kid's ear because it's just did i say barbaric already feels like a little bit no you mostly talk about how it's inconvenience to you yeah annoying and inconvenient (laughs) remember the question was about piercing a baby's ears so they're already going to be crying and annoying to everyone around them at the mall may as well poke them full of nice jewelry guys this game's too hard you want me to write like a caption for you or something like okay chris call it who won that round ben won it let's be honest no that one went to carmen Oh yeah, he's he's pitying, pitying. Both me. both of my daughters had their ears pierced at around six months. So. You know what's funny is that? Are you serious? Yeah. My my oh. older daughter is obsessed with pierced ears right now, and she doesn't want to get it done. And she keeps on saying to me like, "Oh, I wish you just did this when I was a baby." And I was like, "Well, no, I don't. That, like, I that was my. I should have just said that." How yeah. old is your oldest, Carmen? She's um six. So they say 
pierce the ears before six months or after six years. Ah. From what I've seen, if, you're, if your kid is six, it is a nightmare. <laughs> you know, babies forget yeah. about it five seconds later. Yeah. Kate. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, she wants she wants to get it done so badly, but she's convinced that it's going to, you know, hurt a lot. So do I'm one more. One, let's do one more of these debates. Completely irrelevant. Give me a chance to be a little more funny. <laughs> okay. Um, Why don't you pick? Okay. Carmen picks which side of this next one she wants to debate. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm just fucking crushing her. Softball. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with. God, I would have. Women been... should be allowed to go topless in public. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think I'm coming out on top of any either way I take. Oh, so I'm gonna go with should. Um, because uh, if Ben is gonna try to give you any kind of reason that he should tell i'm in trouble what to do with their body i'm fucked i'm fucked uh, go, know, ahead. go ahead should, go ahead go ahead should investigate uh ben's ethical moral societal uh spiritual belief okay, do you want me to go first you get a, you could pick which side of this debate you want and and go second well i like this preemptive attack on you ben no, that was my bit. That was my. That was the whole. Oh, thing. just Ben is a dick because of what he's about to say. That's your. How dare you tell? Is there women anything what to he do? can follow it up with about like? Is- Honestly, the sight of a woman's nipples in public is the most disgusting. <laughs> how do I? How is this I, making it into the podcast? I can't imagine how this content. How do I argue against this? <laughs> uh, you know what I'm concerned about is that the uh, the breasts don't see a lot of sunlight. And right. <laughs> in the summer, a lot of exposure to the sun can be detrimental to the skin. And I don't, as a woman, a man who loves women and their breasts, I don't want to see them sunburned titties. So <laughs> smart got, take the health side nothing. there. I got nothing. Honestly, I think Ben wins this fair and square. <laughs> He's well, a better I... debater. <laughs> I'm just like exasperated being like, what? <laughs> Wow. Is this supposed okay. to prove that I'm a bad or good marketer? What's going on, guys? This is like, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened. This is our terrible. first debate segment, so thank you for okay. coming along, Carmen. Um, should we close up Pell's Corner? I think we probably should. That's been interesting. I apologize to everyone who's probably offended by the fact that I said sunburned titties, so sorry about that. You were advocating for the health of said breasts. So. All right, that's how I tried to position yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Okay, Carmen, you've uh, come along this far. Let's do a little something we like to do where we recommend something. I don't know if you've pre- prepared, I but have not. Uh, to, and an excuse to uh, claim we're educated people or that we're well read. Okay, we use yeah. the end of the show to recommend something to read, something to watch, maybe that's a little bit more highbrow on television, or something to listen to. Uh, Given you're not prepared, I won't start with you. Chris, I'm hoping you've come prepared. What are you reading these days? What are you watching? What do you got? Well, for this, I'm going to tell you what I'm hoping to be reading soon, which is long-form Bell Woods fiction. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to plant that seed. Just yeah, let's yeah. see if it germinates a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, there are no bad ideas in marketing. Um, uh, I would say I, I this week I'm going to recommend an old classic that i finally got through which is um dune by frank herbert oh yeah 
Dune. Wow, what a nice niche pick. No one's heard of before. You're recommending one of the best selling <laughs> sci-fi's of all time. Have you read it? No. <laughs> okay. I think readership of the Dune series is probably very low for people of a certain age. So um it's you know with the resurgence of lord of the rings and then now the dune movie and and some of that uh, and the, and um now that it's massively in pop culture you're gonna recommend <laughs> it to people i get it cool, cool, cool. no 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 i'm just thinking you know with the song of ice and fire game of thrones just the world building piece it's, it's easy to forget that some of that stuff existed before in a, in a different capacity and and i watched that dennis villeneuve version and i I was left with so many questions, so I decided to start the five to six month opus uh, uh, to get through. And um, I just I found it I found it fascinating. It was just a different style of writing than what I had anticipated. Okay, Carmen, has that sparked you to maybe recommend? I don't know the Bible. So something people haven't like, read. <laughs> so you have to choose one of those categories. Like, Whatever you like. Yeah. You okay. Read, yeah. So I actually was really um, embarrassed by my lack of reading last year. I mean, I had a baby, so like that does explain sort of a time constraint, but I was feeling really, yeah, just really embarrassed about it. So I started this um, kind of like experiment in publicly shaming myself, which is I, I started a substack about reading. Uh, oh. And like trying to relearn to read after your your brain has sort of been like like your attention span is just atrophied, mm-hmm. uh, and so now I've been reading a ton, and because I know that I'm going to have to like write about it each week. Um, yep. That's and- why we're doing this segment. So I make sure I read <laughs> between between shows. <laughs> <laughs> but I just finished a couple of books. So I finished um, the Sense of an Ending by Julian Barnes. I think it's a Booker a Booker Prize winner but don't I don't know quote me on that um it was quite a short novel so it's not an intimidating one to get into um and like it was the ending was quite um a twist don't spoil it it. yeah I wouldn't say I normally go for twist ending books like to me that sort of feels like uh lowly or something but it was great and um I thought it was I, I would recommend it and I also just finished How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell um, which I don't recommend reading if you're in marketing, <laughs> uh, because it's basically like how to resist the attention economy. Um, but I loved it. And it was like a great mix of slightly, you know, like academic style writing, but then also just kind of like, you know, nonfiction essay type of chapters. And anyways, I, I really loved it. And um what else have I finished recently? You don't need you don't need more than two. I mean, you're going yeah. off on it. Yeah. So those two I finished this weekend. I I liked both of them. Cool. Finished two books at once. You probably finished eighteen books in the time it took me to read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I've read more this year than I did um, like in the last. I don't know. Since I started work is when I started this kind of reading experiment. So since January, I've read more books than I did all of last year, which is great. Wow, that is impressive. Yeah. I'm on a similar mission, but I keep getting stuck into like a, a very similar genre of what I would call like suburban dad fiction where I'm reading like detective and crime stuff. Mm. So <clears throat> the most recent book I finished is called City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit uh, by Elmore Leonard. So Elmore Leonard obviously is like 
the go-to guy for like crime fiction and Detroit is like his, that's where he's from. It's what he writes about. The reason I picked up this one in particular is because I'm a big fan of the show justified again, (laughs) suburban dad content, (laughs) but justified is coming back for another season. And it's apparently based on this book. So I picked it up. So even though this book doesn't feature um, the character, uh, Waylon Gibbons, who stars in justified, Uh, apparently they borrowed the plot from this which is pretty cookie cutter there's a bad guy in detroit who kills a cop and there's a cool cop who's trying to find him got it spoilers yeah no no that's how it starts it's no and i said cop it's a judge this bad guy kills a judge and this good guy and they keep you know they have a little tete-a-tete where they're like we're gonna have a shootout we're gonna forget the you know forget the laws we're just gonna settle this anyway if uh, you're looking for a, a book to read with a drink in your hand and uh, not too much in intellectual engagement, recommend. What no if you're not about. a suburban dad? You can do that too. I just, I'm sorry if I'm like <laughs> stereotyping what I think this kind of fiction is, but it's it's very like formulaic crime fiction, but like it it's definitely satisfies an itch that apparently I have now as a 42-year-old dude who's got relatively low intellectual skills in, at 11 o'clock at night he's <laughs> just had your birthday and you're bragging about your age twice in the same pod mm-hmm. what can i say my back hurts <laughs> <laughs> all right well carmen thank you this has been enlightening we don't usually dig into like marketing and branding and the tone of voice and stuff and craft beer I don't, I don't know if our audience likes it, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I know it's going to be like your worst rated episode ever. And you're going to get like tons of hate mail about it. Well, you know what? I expect to see it in the, the Bellwoods Brewery newsletter, which is highly read. Maybe. So this, yeah. maybe this has been a strategic choice to have you on the show to promote right. the podcast. I see what you did there. I'll yeah. send you some high res logos. and uh... <laughs> Ben's the head of our marketing. That's why our listenership yeah. isn't quite as strong as we'd like it to be. <laughs> Okay, well, I can do a consulting session with you if you want. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, it's good talking to you. Yeah, it was. It's nice to to see you after many years. Long time. Yeah. Maybe I'll see you in person sometime for a, a witch shark that you didn't brew. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I. I'm at the brew pub a couple times a week. So let me know. Okay. If yeah. I'm, I'm trying to force myself on people uh, for work meetings this. You're week, trying so to I force think. yourself on people That's for work funny. meetings. <laughs> don't edit that part of it at a bad time and yeah. specifically so that's I can where it go. ends that's where the show ends tonight i'm trying to force myself on people <laughs> yep. i was just gonna say i'm specifically trying to make work meetings so i can go to the new pub on uh on thursday night oh okay nice um i'm not sure you can send me a message i don't know if i'll be there on thursday but uh kind of like ben when you're in town give me a call oh chris you, i don't know i'm not uh, i don't uh, i'm not very often uh I'll be there exactly two days from now well i might be busy then so carmen i want to force myself on people and i'm coming to the <laughs> brew pub um yeah. it's we're all full it's full yeah <laughs> i'm no sorry yeah. all the reservations are booked yeah. okay well good luck uh when chris comes to the brew pub i'm sorry yeah. in advance and uh chris good luck <laughs> thanks carmen it's a pleasure meeting yeah, you today thanks. okay bye guys. Right, guys bye
What do you want me to say?